Welcome to AM Best Audio. We're here in Monte Carlo for the Rendezvous de Septembre. For AM Best TV, I'm Richard Banks. And I'm joined now by John Kavanagh, Chairman and Co-Founder of Beat Capital. John, welcome. Thank you very much. John, you're a veteran of Monte Carlo. You're back here in a slightly different role, perhaps, from previous years. What's your reading of the global insurance and reinsurance industry? Uh, interesting times. I mean, first of all, it's very nice to be back in Monte Carlo. I find this conference really rather helpful. Uh, and you can cover an awful lot of ground in two or three days. And you know, after three years of not being here, it's been you know, a, a fantastic thing to try and pick up old friendships and really get a read on the market because this conference precedes any renewal activity for 1st of January. So it's a really good tester for um, the sort of general market conditions that we think we might face at 1st of January. So, um, yeah, I think I'm sure during the course of the week, you've heard all of the major topics. You know, I think inflation, as far as we're concerned, is probably the key one. You know, the cap market, I'm sure, has been well covered during the last two or three days. And uh, I think we're going to have a big capacity crunch there um, at 1st of January. Uh, for reasons that we all understand. And I think the biggest problem there is that we are struggling as an industry to really articulate how we're going to deal with climate change. And there are various themes around that, but it's interesting to note that there's a serious lack of investment interest in the product. And I think the fundamental problem there is we can't really articulate how we're going to deal with it, both in terms of managing the exposure or the exposure potential um, and the price that we charge for the risk and the level at which we attach. So um, it will be interesting to see if we gain interest as time moves on. And I think the only way we'll do that is being able to articulate how we're going to deal with the problem a bit more definitively than we have. Um, so, yeah, we've got the inflation issue, which I think affects the market more broadly. Um, and um, I mean, that could, could cause a lot of problems, particularly on those that have very substantial reserve funds relative to their capital, because obviously the, the inflationary impact doesn't just impact the go-forward risk, it impacts the reserve fund too. So um, that's going to be an interesting conundrum. Uh, and that has more relevance to us because we're fairly cat-light. Um, and then you've got, you know, the issues of the pandemic, you've got, you know, the Russian-Ukraine uh, situation, all of which are very difficult to define. Uh, in terms of what it means for us. But when you roll all of this up, it's making for quite an interesting market. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of how I see things at the moment. So all of which seems to point towards a, a hard, if not hard, hardening market. A lot of people won't have experienced that before. A lot of people operating today won't have experienced that before. Mm -hmm. What should they be looking out for and who will be successful? Well, it, hard market is an interesting term. And I think you've got to break that down into market segmentation. So... If you take our core market, which is the specialty market, and broadly speaking, the US success and surplus lines market, what we're seeing there is a different set of circumstances to some of the more uh, reinsurance-centric classes. So what we're seeing in that market is a 25% growth in premium flow into the excess and surplus line market in the USA this year. Now, that's phenomenal. Um, and we're, we're looking at a compound growth rate of 15% beyond that for the next three or four years. So the opportunities in that sector are massive. And I wouldn't really say that's a hard market. It's just a massive inflow of business that hasn't been in the surplus line market before. And that's kind of attributable to um, the standard lines US carriers becoming more risk averse around specialty risk. 
you know, they if, if, if they can be comfortable around the modeling the risk, they'll keep that risk. But they seem to be throwing out a lot more uh, risk that requires different types of treatment that you can rely less on a model. So it's been a great uh, opportunity for the surplus line market, and that's where we play in particular. So you've got that segment of the opportunity. You've got a hardening cap market. You've got the impact that inflation will have. And what we don't see at the moment is in any particular inflow of capital. You know, and, and in previous hard markets, quote unquote, there's always been an influx of capital to address that need. And we're just not seeing that yet. You know, and I guess we're not seeing that from the existing businesses, because if you look at the trading prices of the reinsurance carriers, it's very difficult to go and raise money um, when the share price is underwater relative to what it has been over the years. So there's a lot of interesting little twists going on at the moment. But I think it adds up to a really interesting market, you know, and, and you know, we're in a position certainly from from beat standpoint where um, there's an awful lot of talent in the market looking to do things differently. We've seen a resurgence of the MGA model. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, if you pick your way around all these things, there's a really, really good opportunity in the market at the moment. Let's talk a little bit about the, the MGA arena. Yep. Um, what's the role of MGAs as, as you see it? Well, I think the MGA has been on an interesting journey. Um, it was always considered a slightly scruffy model back in the day. And I guess it was more um, considered the distribution model. The carriers used to exert an awful lot of authority over the underwriting through MGAs. But progressively, MGAs have morphed from distribution models to true underwriting models. And I think structurally, it's interesting for entrepreneurs because they can actually move away from large carriers now and actually own a share of their own business doing what they do well. So I think you've seen a huge surge in MGA activity. Uh, you've seen a huge surge in front carrier activity. I think we need to be very careful with how that's all managed. Um, and at the end of the day, these businesses are underwriting businesses at their very core. And the essence of a good MGA is that if you don't make money for your carriers, you won't have them. So it's all about making underwriting profit in our view. So I think the MGA actually is um, playing a more significant role uh, in the sort of ecosystem of our business than it ever has. Um, and I think it's partly due to a number of factors. You know, the one I described earlier with the ENS market growing disproportionately. But also, I think people can see an opportunity where they can go into a specialty market when things look good and give their capital to an MGA. And then when things don't look so good, they've got an ability to manage that more effectively than if they took on the staff themselves. So, yeah, there's a lot of flexibility around the MGA model, which is good and bad for us as, as incubators of MGAs. But, you know, I just think it's a great model. And, you know, it was something that really interested me when I moved from Broking five years ago. And I saw that we, we felt there was a gap in the market to do that properly with an underwriting focus. Um, so, yeah, we think it's quite an interesting place to be. And it's important as an MGA to, to build partnerships with the, uh, yeah. the capital providers. How does, uh, how does that work and what um, tools are in place for that? Well, <laughs> I think you've got to demonstrate that you've got the underwriting capability within the business and the talent to do the job. And I think, I think if you can do that, then you'll get support. I think you also have to demonstrate you've got the modeling skill sets around risk, you've got the ability to risk manage, you're properly staffed, uh, you've got the model capability to look at your upside downside scenarios. So I think if you can demonstrate that to a carrier, then you'll attract capacity. And the only way you're going to keep it is making profit. The only way. You know, no MGA survives three or four bad years. John, thank you very much indeed. Oh, you're welcome.
For MBS TV, I'm Richard Banks. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.